show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to a Facehammer mini-sode. It's me, Russ, and I'm joined by Byron. Uh, Byron, do you want to tell everyone what the show's about? All right, so... Anyone who was watching the stream uh, Warhammer TV, which I thoroughly recommend, particularly given what we're about to talk about over the weekend, will have noticed that the final table in round five, uh, or the top table in round five, the final round, featured two destruction armies, which were unconventional even by destruction army standards. So we had a hefty, hefty wall of squigs of all shapes and sizes, and a kind of mixed iron jaws destruction list. And uh, we thought we would do an episode just honing in on the squig list because it's really cool and it's really interesting and just see kind of how it got to where it did. Yeah, I think um, Nick, who the guy who brought the squigs, uh, featured on two games on the stream. So uh, the game one uh, against the Nighthorn army and also game five against Iron Jaws. Um, and if you... If you want to check that out, we'll put a link in the post, and um, you have to subscribe to watch these back because they're not live. Uh, but if you've got a Twitch, um, if you if you've got an Amazon Prime account, even, then uh, you can subscribe uh, for free. So you can get one channel subscription for free, and thoroughly recommend that. Um, and there's obviously you can see the armies in action. But in this show, we're going to go through the list, talk a little bit about some of the war scrolls that we used, um, and how Nick played with it over the weekend. Uh, and um, yeah, so Byron, do you want to just run through the list? Yeah, absolutely. So it was fairly character light. It had a Grot Shaman, a Grot Shaman, and a Grot War Boss. Uh, the war boss had Bellowing Tyrant and Battlebrew on him. Uh, Battlebrew is pretty significant. Well, they're both significant. We'll come to why in a bit. He had two units of 20 Grots with poking spears. Um, all the units had nets, I believe, the Grots he had. One unit of Grots with bows, one Colossal Squig, two Mangler Squigs, two units of 20 Cave Squigs, four Grot Fanatics, which generally were one in each of the spear units and two in the bow unit, and then three units of two squig herders at an almighty 20 points apiece. Yeah, really solid. So um, I'm just going to talk about the uh, the Grot War Boss. Um, so the Grot War Boss has a uh, command ability called I'm the Boss, Now Stab and Good. So this bit is really good because you can pick a Moon Clan unit within 20, and until your next hero phase, any wound roll of a six or more inflicts double damage. So... Um, He's also got the Moon Prodder, which is a ranged attack weapon, which is D6 shots, fours and threes, minus one rend, damage one. But he's also got Battle Brew. So if you take Battle Brew and you take two swigs, you're getting plus two to wound, plus two to hit. So you're basically on twos and twos. And if you've used the command ability on yourself, you're now doing um, double damage on a four plus, which is really solid. But the strength of this ability really comes when it's put on the other Moon Clan units, particularly the Squigs, um, because that's to be doubling their damage output. And uh, some of those uh, Squig units do some really, really nice damage um, and roll a lot of dice, which is always good when you're getting an effect based on rolling a six. Um, so he's pretty key to the army. I mean, he's only got four wounds and a five-up save, but um, he's uh, 
a pretty pretty key piece. Um, and it also backed up by two shamans, and obviously shamans they've got the magic missiles. Um, so you've got Arcane Bolt and um, Curse of the Bad Moon, and also the ever popular um, Mystic Shield. So uh, that's the heroes. Um, do you want to just talk through um, the Fanatic Youth Spiral? Yeah, so essentially these are used, and I think the game's fairly chaff light at the moment in general, but these are the ultimate chaff. So they interrupt your opponent's charge phase and pop out a fanatic and unless your opponent is charging from quite a long way away they're pretty re- pretty reliably going to put a damage dealing uh, single model that can't be shot off earlier in the game of course because it's not on the battlefield um, right in front of your opponent and really disrupt their um, their sequence of play and the, the great thing about them is because you charge them before they get to do their charges if they are the units are then within free of that fanatic then you can't charge. So your fanatic is almost like a, a little six-inch bubble um, uh, of of not charging. So one fanatic could potentially pin two or three units, depending on how you, the, your opponent's moved up the table. And it's just like the ultimate stop. You're going to lose the fanatic. They get to choose the fight first, so you're probably not going to do any damage. But it's just stopped them for a turn. Um, and against combat armies, it's ridiculously strong. And then it allows you to... Um, Counter charge with your uh, with your squeak units and it's like um, the five heavy hitting units. I think that's one of the, the powerful things about this list is it's got two units of twenty squigs and we'll we'll hone in on this that shortly. But they deal a lot more than you would expect in terms of damage, uh, particularly with some buffs on them. And he's got two manglers which are incredible, just straight up brilliant. Uh, they've got the grok keyword as well, so the commander will king on them, and then a colossal cave squig which is not to be sniffed at either. So there's a there's basically five units um, which deal damage in different ways at different speeds, uh, which is something else we'll come to. And pinning someone and then getting to nail them in the side with a incredibly uh, like there's a lot of decent rend in the army as well from the uh, the manglers and the big guys, um, or indeed send a full squig unit into them and fight first. It's just amazing. Yeah. So the um, the. The, the actual grots themselves are um, basically your chaff. Um, so not only do they have the fanatic, but they themselves are quite resilient with the nets. Um, they can reduce the damage they're going to take. They're quite a big unit. You can use Inspiring Presence um, to the defensive round when you're going to take that charge or shut down their charges. Um, and what that allows you to do is then use your combat to counterattack. Now, the I'll talk about the cave squigs now, as it's quite a key unit in the army. So these guys, um, they've got one attack each, but um, they're on a small base, so you can fight in effectively, if you want to think of it, as two ranks uh, deep. Uh, two wounds each as well, which is quite good. Um, so it's 40 wounds in that squig unit. They hit on a 5, and they wound on a 3, uh, and they're one rend and a damage d3. But with all the buffs you've got in the army, with Bellowing Tyrant, they'll be hitting on a 4, and then if there is a unit of handlers within range, then they'll be hitting on a 3. So it's freeze and freeze, rend 1, damage d3. With the command ability, they will then be doing double damage on a wound roll of a 6. So that's really strong. When you're rolling d3, you're doubling that. So that's that's really good. Probably their, their most uh, sort of... The, the ability that probably catches your opponent out the most is squigs go wild now what this does is when they run away and they're only bravery free so this is going to happen quite quite reliably um every time a squig runs away you roll a dice on a four plus you pick a unit within six the closest one um friend or foe 
and they take a mortal wound on a 4 plus. Now, it doesn't affect Moon Clan, and because the whole army is Moon Clan, that's only ever going to be affecting your opponent. And if you pick your casualty removal carefully, you could get your buffs on, you can destruction move your goblins out the way, destruction move and move up your squigs, charge into combat, fight that combat first, get attacked back, then battle shock, then do mortal wounds. So it's it's a really good glass cannon unit. So you think this unit of squigs just flies into the enemy, does a load of damage, dies, does more damage as it dies. And then you've got another unit of the same. So so really good. You can also spread them out, can't you? So what um I didn't watch on stream, but I've heard one of the things that Nick did particularly nicely was he would he'd pick a single unit to be in combat in each of his turns, and notably he's got five units that deal damage and there's five turns in the game. So that's quite neat. But um he would move up an entire line of squigs and buff the hell out of them. And then that gives you the flexibility. You're fighting your round of combat first, and you've only got one unit, so that's done nicely. Your opponent then gets to attack with three, maybe even four or five units. And when your squigs die, you then get to choose carefully where your damage is going to be dealt upon their deaths. Yeah, really strong. And uh, the Colossal Cave Squig is kind of, I'd use it as his alpha squig, um, and it's the squig that bounds in front of his army at the fastest movement uh, in the army. So it's 4d6 with a 2d6 charge. So it's 6d6, really strong. So this model is really good at um, charging, doing a bunch of damage. Now what's really good about this is it's got 16 wounds. So actually it's quite tanky. So it can stick around a bit and it can almost hold up your opponent while they're trying to deal with that. Then they get past that then they get fanatic and then they get countercharged by more squigs. So um, he's got a, a couple couple funky rules. So each time you roll a 6 for your wound roll, um, then you're doing D3 mortal wounds instead of normal wounds. So that's that's really cool. Um, when he dies as well, um, you roll a dice for every unit, friend or foe, in 3. On a 4+, plus, it takes D3 mortal wounds. So the reason you chuck it in front of your army um, is it dies. It does mortal wounds as it dies. It's already had its attacks because you've done that first because it was the only unit you committed with on turn 1. And um, it's also got a rule that, that can eat your own models, so you don't really want it around your army. So it's kind of this thing you chuck out there, gets in the way, does damage, dies, does some more damage. Your opponent then gets fanatic in their go, and then your go, your next squig unit goes in. And the, the manglers are, are kind of a strange one, because they're, they're quite quick um, as well, and they do a lot of damage. They're... They can be used in... I saw you using two ways, really. One is to be your second wave if you're playing against an enemy that wants to sit back from you. But actually, if against a combat army, they can be used later in the game to catch the units that are quite far away or sitting on the back objectives in your opponent's deployment zone. So that's a really good use for them. So you've got those five combat units. You've got the shooting from the prodder. You've got the shooting from the bows. You've got your fanatics, which are your ultimate chaff. Your battle line units themselves are pretty good chaff. Um, your squig herders do buffing, and that's three units you've got there. So that's three units that can capture objectives. Only two models, but they're still a unit. Um, they're also quite good chaff. They can get in the way, um, and they buff the squigs, which make them really good. And one of the things they, they give you as well is reroll charges on the squigs, so it makes your combat even more reliable. Yeah, well, if you're only going to send one unit in, you want to make it in, don't you? 
yeah, if you're going to put all your all your squigs in one basket, you want those squigs <laughs> to hit. So uh, definitely, definitely good. So um, that's the list, um, and I'll talk a little bit about. We've touched on it already about the play style over the weekend and how I saw Nick using it. So you've got your defensive grot arm, grot line uh, with your uh, with your fanatics to hold up. You've got your your five combat units that you can um, basically drip feed into your opponent. And what he was very careful doing, he was only committing one unit a turn. And that's because you don't want to charge multiple units in one turn. And then you fight with one of your squig units, and then they get to fight. So your one of your squig units is probably going to mostly die and do pretty much nothing. And you're giving up all those points. And you're not getting any value out of that. So the idea of using your defensive uh, grots and fanatics to be able to then drip feed your your combat in and make sure you get your most bang for your buck. And over a five-turn game, you are going to... Um, the idea is to, to deal more damage than your opponent can absorb um, over those turns. So it's a really interesting army, and I think it's really nicely balanced. It's got a little bit of everything, and it certainly looks like a lot of fun to play with it. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we should just touch then on Nick. Um, so he took this army to f- all the heats, I believe, Byron? Yeah, I think so. And also, I believe on the first heat, he came around 40th. Second heat, he uh, he improved quite a lot. Maybe I think it was a top 10 finish. And then he's gone on to smash it and literally smash it, five majors, and rock up with uh, with a first in the final of the heats. Not only that, but the hobby hero that he was, he took squigs, he got five majors, he won on the stream twice, smashed all of his games, and he got best sports with, I believe, four out of five votes, which is just, like, what, what more could you want? That's brilliant. That's awesome. Really well done. Really well done there, Nick. So I think... Um, what we'll quickly touch on is um, we've had a lot of talk about the meta and about shooting and about taking netlists. And what's really good about this list, it's not a, a <laughs> usual list you see. Um, your The biggest strength, I think, is your opponent underestimates it. So not only is it goblins and squigs and you think, oh, it's a fun, lousy army, uh, to use a Dan Mitchell term. But actually, it's not. It, it's actually solid. It's well thought out. It's, it's, he's practiced with it. And it's it's very well rounded. It's got some serious threats in there, and I think that people would underestimate it. They've not played against it before; they'll get caught out by it. Whereas the armies that everyone knows about, people are prepared for those. People are not prepared for this sort of Squig Moon Clan army. Um, so it's really good, and I think that hopefully we'll see more people taking this approach to Age of Sigmar and taking these kind of more balanced left field choices. Um, taken to events and doing well through just good play so um we just really wanted to highlight this list talk about it explain how it worked because there's a lot of people talking about the uh, the squig army you know and all oh, look is it one is it a fluke is it is, it's not a fluke it's well played out it's well fought out and it was well played so well done to you um and i think that about wraps it up for this unless you've got anything to say byron um yeah i just thought uh nick he is at slanesh fiend on Twitter, if anyone wants to follow him, he's the uh, the founder of the WS Taining uh, Gaming Club, who are from I think the West Midlands. Um, so yeah, if anyone wants to follow him and uh, just tell him how awesome he is, do rock on. And uh, also, if anyone's got any suggestions for things they'd like us to cover in kind of this 
15, 25 minute snapshot format. It's something that will allow us to be more current as we happen with this, just get to record it, edit it and pop it out in the evening. Or if there's, if you'd like a, a list tech on a particular thing or a tactical insight or a hobby insight, um, any suggestions would be much appreciated. Yep, you can leave a comment in the um, on the blog, you can get us on Twitter, and you can get us through Facebook, and you can also email us. So there's all these ways to get in contact. We look forward to hearing from you, hope you enjoyed it, and hopefully this will be the first of many Facehammer minisodes. Thanks for listening. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to your face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore we hope you enjoyed the show if you'd like to give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening